You're listening to Three Kitchens Podcast, a member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Now it's time to get cooking. This episode of Three Kitchens Podcast is brought to you by the Well Endowed Podcast. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells the stories of how these endowments intersect with the community. The Well Endowed Podcast explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. Subscribe at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Three Kitchens Podcast. We're your hosts, Heather and Erin. Hi, Erin. Hello, Heather. How's it going? Great. I'm so excited about today's episode. I know, me too. We've been looking forward to this one for quite some time. Yes. And it's a little different than normal. We are talking about cocktails. Yeah. If you listen to our speakeasy bonus episodes, you know we love a tasty cocktail, but mixing them is kind of new. I can make a gin tonic. There you go. Pretty well, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to like level up your cocktail game at home, it can be kind of intimidating. That's for sure. And there's so much information and content out there, but we have found a really fabulous expert who's going to teach us today a little bit about mixing drinks and her amazing story because she has built up her business all on her own, which is personally for us a super cool, inspiring story. That's right. Her name is Natalie Migliorini, and she is the founder of Beautiful Booze, which is such a great name. It's an Instagram account that she started. She wanted to share her love of cocktails and help people like us learn how to make them at home. She's not yeah. like working in a bar. She she was throwing dinner parties for her friends and wanted to make fancy cocktails. And this is how it all started. And now she's grown this into a thriving business. She works with brands all over the world. She's written a cocktail recipe book. Yes. She's perfected the art of cocktail photography, which we are here to tell you is not easy. I I kind of hate that she was like, <laughs> taking pictures is the easy part now. And I was like, damn, oh, man. you are yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, totally. And videos. Now she's moved into... Yes. If you follow Beautiful Booze, you'll see her mixing up these beautiful cocktails. And she was also a competitor on the Netflix show, the first season of Drink Masters, which is a bartending competition. And that's how we came across her initially. We were like, who is this woman who she makes cocktails at home? She's not working behind a bar. And yeah. she was holding her own with all these bartenders. So it was really cool. So cool mm -hmm. to see her step up and do that with yeah. this competition. So Natalie is here today to share her story and a couple cocktails that you can make at home for Valentine's Day or just whenever anytime. you want, really. Yeah, anytime, really. Because they're just <laughs> delicious cocktails. They are. Yep. So stick around for the full episode because we tested out the drink recipes that she shares and we'll come back around at the, at the end after we chat with Natalie and tell you what we thought of them. So here we go. Enjoy. Welcome, Natalie. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're really excited to have you here. I just, wow, that is quite something. Wouldn't you say, Erin? <laughs> right? Like turning just like a home mixing thing into, into what you have is just incredible. Yeah, I actually, it's surprising to me. I am now entering in August will be my 10th year doing this beautiful booze thing. Wow. Um, and 
obviously through the whole time period I've been doing this, I've definitely <laughs> questioned myself on <laughs> what I am doing. My family members have definitely, especially my parents, question, what am I doing? <laughs> because I come from more of an educational background. And so this was quite a uh, change from that. I would post like five times a, a week on Instagram, new cocktail recipes. I started doing that in, in 2013 and I I guess I didn't have any expectations of like, you can actually make money doing this. So I think, you know, they understand that I do this as like a full-time job and there's like many um, components to that to make it work. Yeah, no kidding. That's really cool. So we've invited you to the podcast to teach us about mixing cocktails at home. Mm -hmm. We do a little side segment called Speakeasy where we've been trying to mix cocktails and we know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I will I would just say that you know I think a lot of our listeners will agree that you think it's something simple you yeah. think you have the spirit you have the mix or whatever that goes into it and you just mix it together and it's good you drink it and that may be the case sometimes but cocktails can be so much more than that and so much like that's an art to it I would say yeah I would say so my knowledge of never being a bartender before is that I kind of am deep into cocktails right now, but I understand the starting point because I was 10 years ago at the starting point. And I think for me, I just assumed that to make a cocktail outside of going to a cocktail bar, that you would just go to the grocery store and pick up some type of like margarita pre-mixer and just mix <laughs> that with tequila. And that was like how you made a cocktail at home. And mm -hmm. so when I started exploring um, and kind of teaching myself how to make cocktails, I just started dabbling into some basic recipes because a lot of simplistic classic cocktails that are three ingredients are not that hard to make at home. It's just using the right ingredients. For example, throwing away the pre-mix margarita mix from the grocery store and actually using limes. When I first did that, that blew my mind. And that is that sounds like overly dramatic, but it's just that simple. And just the freshness and tartness it adds to your cocktail um, allows you making it at home to really balance out how you like to drink cocktails. So if you want, if you don't want something like those pre-mixers that have everything mixed together, you can look at classic cocktail formulas and kind of expand from there. And it sounds like a math <laughs> equation and overcomplicated, but it is very easy. Uh, two ways in which I make cocktails at home normally, a lot of cocktails fit into categories, whether you're going to shake a cocktail or stir a cocktail. The shaken cocktails are going to usually shake a cocktail when you're putting in a bunch of juices. So all okay. of those juices will marry. Oh. And normally you will stir a cocktail that does not have juice. So normally stirred cocktails consist of classic cocktails like old fashions, booze forward cocktails primarily, but old fashioned would be an example. A Negroni would be another example. These cocktails that have sweetener, but also they're more boozy. 
So mm-hmm. okay, what I was getting to is a lot of people with those cocktails, you can actually uh, use the same amounts for your citrus and your sugar, and that balances it out. So in theory, if you are making a margarita, you would do like one and a half to two ounces of tequila and then you would match up your quantities for the sugar and the lime so maybe three quarters maybe three quarters agave syrup or simple syrup and three quarters fresh lime juice and you would shake that and that would be your margarita that kind of margarita is called a tommy's margarita it's a classic margarita and the tommy's margaritas they've taken out the orange liqueur and they just use agave syrup. Yeah. For me, very accessible for a home bartender. You don't have to have an extra bottle of orange liqueur. Right. So that's just mm-hmm. the specs I use. But you can Google um, your basic margarita recipe, Tommy's margarita, and start with one of those classic recipes and kind of go um, beyond that. It seems like the home bartending scene is a lot more of a culinary art, not just mixing. There's so much that's going on behind the scene. Like you say, if you've got the juice that you're getting fresh from the lime, and if you're making a simple syrup, and there's all these much more layers that go into just one cup. Yeah, I think that can um, be intimidating to people at home. Mm -hmm. And that's on my channel, I've tried to break it down. Because there's certain things, for example, like I went to a bar and I got a cocktail that had an egg white and I was like, oh my God, I can't imagine making this at home, right? But then I, I used the computer and I Googled like how to make egg white cocktails. And when I actually followed the recipe, just like cooking, yeah. following the recipe, it actually came out and it was a lot easier than that. It looked in the glass, if that makes sense. It looked very complicated. (laughs) I was like, I can't believe that I thought this was going to be so difficult because it was actually quite easy. Mm -hmm. So what kind of sparked you to go down that route of of finding these things out in in 2013 and posting all the the drink recipes? Well, historically, up until that point, I had been hosting like big, elaborate dinner parties. And they had themes. A lot of them were inspired by places I had traveled. So like I did like an Argentinian like barbecue theme and yum. So for those dinner parties, I really liked having a signature cocktail. So I started getting really into cocktails. And this is like right before like your craft cocktails started really blowing up like in the US, I would say. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. know the date, but I feel like 2013, I was going to different restaurants and bars in Seattle getting really great craft cocktails. So I was trying to replicate some of that at my house. I got laid off from my job and it's not like I just decided to sit at home and make cocktails all day. (laughs) But that'd be okay too. (laughs) Right? Okay. I I, I was kind of burnt out and I felt like I want to do something different. Not that I thought this cocktail thing was going to pan out. I just decided that instead of hopping right back into a job, I was going to take some time off. And so I had recently had different like 
girls nights and happy hours where we've done margaritas or French 75s. And those are kind of the classic cocktails I was making. And my girlfriends had asked for recipes. And so then I just decided while I have more time off from work, I'm going to teach myself how to make different other kinds of cocktails. And I'm just going to put it up on social media for people that want to make cocktails at home. I'm not going to say all, but a lot of the cocktails, like I was Googling in 2013, they were very sad. Like the photos (laughs) were really, really sad. And you know that people, when you see something that looks really pretty or beautiful Mm. in food or drink, Mm. it draws you to that. I was not drawn to any of the cocktails. And I thought there's got to be a way to make cocktails look as beautiful as food. And huh. I and that's kind of how I started. <laughs> Got the name Beautiful Booze. I, yeah. I like that you bring that up. Yeah. Because creating good food or good drinks or both in your case <laughs> with your dinner parties, but then learning the skills to translate that into being able to take the pictures and do the Mm. photography and to get that to come across visually like that must have Mm -hmm. that's something all in itself right like a lot of food bloggers and stuff will hire photographers but you're doing that all yourself and videos and not just I was saying to Erin the other day like (laughs) wow look at what Natalie is doing like how much work goes into this because (laughs) not only are you putting your drink in this beautiful video where you're mixing it up you yourself are in a lot of those videos (laughs) too and so you have to look good like we always say ah podcasting we can just wear our pajamas and we don't have to wash our hair (laughs) yeah (laughs) but what you're doing you're actually you're you're the face of your brand Mm -hmm. and you're in those videos too what how much work goes into one of those? <laughs> so for the first two years, I mm-hmm. just want to put the cocktails up. But mm-hmm. as social media started developing in the cocktail spectrum, people were like, we want to see who's behind this account. We want to see your face. And so periodically yeah. I had to ease into that because that's not really what I wanted to do. And it was just me trying to figure out how to take the cocktail photos So I incorporated a little bit of that with some travel and different things that I did to different places. I will never say that the photography is hard again because the video (laughs) is really some of the hardest part of this. I think with the videos, I usually make it twice. My husband is the video person and the video editor. And we have all of this equipment because we also do like commercial video and photo shoots for brands. That's another way that we make money. Yeah. While I do think the videos provide further instructions and help people visualize making it, I do feel like photos can also tell a story and I don't know. They're just easier to, uh, (laughs) they're just easier to do after years of doing that. I miss having more photos on my feeds in general. Like I like the photos more than I like watching the videos. It's hard also when you're doing, with the travel stuff, you could just do some photos um, Mm. because I mix a lot of like cocktail with experiences. So I mix a lot of travel with cocktails. When we talked earlier, you mentioned that you lived out of your suitcase. When I started this in 2013, I never really saw myself traveling a lot. Six months after I started doing this, I started getting like brands reaching out to me, publications and different things. And I was like, oh, 
can I get paid to do this? And I came over this email list called Help a Reporter Out. I don't know what turned me on to this. And I signed up to that. I don't know how I got turned on to it. But that kind of pushed me forward in ways to get some PR for myself. That was very helpful for me. Even though I'm not getting paid that much, I don't want to go back to a regular job. So I'm going to try to write this out. And I had met my husband at the time in Vancouver. He's from Australia, but he was in Vancouver and Mm -hmm. his work visa was ending. And he was like, he had this whole plan. Like, I'm going to travel like Central America and South America. I was like, well, maybe I will come with (laughs) you. Can I travel and kind of lower my monthly expenses? I was just going to go for like six months. Somehow it was working out and I just got addicted to travel. And it lasted for five years only because COVID shut it down. I would probably still be doing it. It was not ideal living out of a suitcase. But what I liked about it is it literally gave me the financial freedom for me to grow the business. Like I did picking up a lot of projects that were travel related, going to a lot of different cocktail conferences and speaking about social media. So you also wrote a book, didn't you? You told us that you've written a book. Can you tell us about that? My publisher for this book gave me the flexibility for like a year to figure out when I was going to write this. And I kept putting it off because I had travel here, there and everywhere. And I was like, how is this going to work? I ended up writing the book in New Orleans because there's a very famous cocktail conference called Tales of the Cocktail in New Orleans every year. So when I got to this conference, I decided to stay in New Orleans for six weeks after the conference and write the book. There was a lot of brands there and a lot of people that gave me like a bottle of this, a bottle of that. Literally, my husband and I, for a month, we only left the apartment to like go to the grocery store. And that's how intense this book was. We shot around 200 cocktails. I think around 125 ended up in the book. Um, (laughs) One thing about the book that I will say is I had a vision if I ever wrote a book that I wanted it to be an extension of my Instagram account. I wanted it to be Beautiful Booze the book. I wanted it to be more a hardback book that was more like a coffee table book. After reading cookbooks for my whole life, I wanted every cocktail to have a photo. And I put a lot of pressure on myself, like this is going to be something I'm going to have to see for the rest of my life. I need it to be Mm -hmm. perfect. Well, it's got your name on it. Yeah. (laughs) There is nothing in here that I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have put that in. The photos in this book are still some of the best cocktail photos that we've ever done. I wanted there to be something in there for everyone. Like I have a section called Beyond the Bar Cart, which is essentially it's a more advanced cocktails. I I really wanted to have an entertaining section, which is like all these different like group experiences, because that's kind of how I started Beautiful Booze with the uh, dinner parties and stuff. And so it's like different ways to present cocktails that really make them stand out. And that's what I try to do with the book. And one thing I really like to do was to take two different classic cocktails and combine them together. 
to make like a new modern cocktail. Mexico and Italy had been my favorite places to travel to. I tried to think about my favorite drinks from each of those countries. And I created this cocktail that combined the margarita and the Aperol spritz into one cocktail. And that has been one of my most popular cocktails from the book. That's so fun. Yeah, and this particular cocktail is the one that inspired my cocktail on Drake Master. We'll come back in just a sec. Yeah! With Natalie to discuss her time on Drink Masters, the Netflix series. And Natalie also has a cocktail to share with us. Get ready to take the guesswork out of choosing a school. Go to Edmonton Public Schools Open House. Meet the staff and ask your questions to learn about their schools and programs. Explore your options and find the school that feels right. Find event dates and learn how to make the most out of your visit at openhouse.epsb.ca. Know before you go and feel confident and excited when you get there. So how did, how did that opportunity to participate on Drink Masters come your way? Yeah. How do they find people? I've always wondered how they find the people that compete on these shows. I do too, because I... <laughs> so like a i guess production team reached out to me so they found you it wasn't something you applied for they reached out to gauge my interest and i said "Uh, this is not something that i ever thought about doing but again when i was traveling around doing my thing i was like taking a lot of opportunities that i felt like might as well. I mean, I, I never thought I could write a book, but I was able to do it. So uh, let's see what else I can do that's out of my comfort zone, because I do believe that those kind of opportunities lead you to experiences that you would never be able to have. And almost you're like, oh, my God, I didn't realize I could do that. So people come to you for a reason. And even a lot of times for me, even though I have imposter syndrome and think, why would somebody ask me for this? And I really don't believe in myself. Like, I can't believe this. I've learned from not knowing what the hell I was doing for the last 10 years with this business, that if I would have not said yes to a lot of things, I wouldn't be in the position to where I am because putting yourself out of your comfort zone is really how you grow Mm -hmm. to do bigger and better things, even if it doesn't work out exactly how you imagined it to. I always think of this quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I always think of that when I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like when I was like, we should reach out to Natalie. We were watching Drink Masters and we were into it and we were like, this is so cool. And and we and I was like, (laughs) she's not a bartender. She doesn't own a bar like these. The majority of people on the show owned bars. Mm -hmm. Uh, they've been bartending they're professional bartenders behind the bar for years and years like and look at this woman who's an instagram cocktail like pro but still like you taught yourself i was like wow that's so impressive but here you are you never know yeah no thanks for having me and (laughs) yeah for my platform i really wanted to show that you can make cocktails at home for a certain night when you come home from work or whatever is one experience another experience is going to a bar to get a professional to make you a cocktail that's a whole different experience and those are really two different things the goal of drink masters is kind of show people out there 
that maybe it looks easy, but there's a lot of things that go into prepping cocktails and serving people and doing all of this stuff in a timely manner. And for me, when I'm making cocktails at home, I'm getting some of this and like taking my sweet yeah, time. I'm the exactly. only person waiting for the drink. So <laughs> it's, it's not like, I, you know, so for me, I already knew going in it that making cocktails at volume seems really intimidating and hard. I just mm-hmm. don't have the practice. Right, right. I think if you threw us into a restaurant, oh, <laughs> we'd have some really unhappy people. And <laughs> it, it was intense. And I will say for me, like the imposter syndrome was through the roof for me. Right, yeah. So I got like every cocktail book and every (laughs) weird ingredient. And for like six months, like five hours a night, all I did was just practice these techniques over and over again. First, it's a a competition. Second, you're being filmed, (laughs) which is a whole other thing. We're showing all your habits of like (laughs) having shit everywhere. It's like... (laughs) But I mean, it's also good for people to see you, I guess, in a different environment and realize that you're just a a real human being that is not perfect. Yeah, well, I mean, those shows are popular for a reason. I think we like to watch these people sweat Mm -hmm. it out. Like, I don't know, for some reason, people, I mean, it makes me a little anxious. I get a little anxiety when I watch it sometimes. (laughs) I'm like, God, this is so stressful, even just to watch on TV. But you don't know how much of that is the moment and how much of that is the editing that they piece it together and make it look super stressful. Right. I filmed Drink Masters, so it would have been 2021 in Hamilton, up in Canada. So when that was over, I, I didn't really think about it because we're, mm-hmm. we couldn't say anything to anyone. I think that people just assumed that I had like seen the show or something before everybody. I didn't see any of the show until it came out. So I was really just waiting for it to come out because you don't know <laughs> what it's, it's going to be. and Because um... it's out of your hands, oh, right? Jeez. <laughs> But when it came out, I had this aha moment where I was like, the way that I felt (laughs) at the time of being on the show, all of the stress, I saw a different person on that show. The way that I performed on that show is not the way I felt. And I mean that when I saw myself, I was like, ooh, (laughs) like you really did it. You, you know, because... You only are right there with yourself. You don't really see what the other everybody else is doing. And so to see everything put together, it brought on a new, I I gained a new respect for myself when I got eliminated and said, for me, my goal was, and it really was just to make it through the challenges with a cocktail to serve to the judges. And I feel like I did that. It could be small, little tiny things that you can get eliminated for. And you see that as the show progresses, um, the competition becomes tighter and tighter. And so many of the people on there had previous experience in competition too, like not just bartending and mixology, they also had competed before, like that's a that's a huge ring to yeah, like put I, your foot in. <laughs> for me, um, that's crazy. I had judged several cocktail competitions, but I had never been in one. So going in, I know how intense these bartending competitions are. Yeah. Yeah. I just had experience yeah. being on the other side as the judge, and also the other <laughs> side as media. I'm comfortable being in front of the camera, talking in front of the camera. 
demoing cocktails in front of the camera. The competition thing took me out of my comfort zone. I just didn't know that it was going to be so difficult mentally for me. Well, good for you for seriously for no for doing it yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you weren't really 100 confident i think that's amazing and and you did awesome like yeah thank yeah. you just making it on to drink masters i think it was a huge accomplishment for me oh totally uh we had asked if you had a recipe that would be um something you know achievable let's just say approachable for uh for those of us at home without the experience but we love a good yes. cocktail and maybe it's something we could make for valentine's day which is just around the corner. Yes. So I was going to talk about a couple of options. The first one I'm talking about is going to be your more spirit forward cocktail. So if that's what you're feeling, this is a great one. And this one's called Old Fashioned Valentine. So it's a twist on your classic old fashioned cocktail. And it's going to be only three ingredients. Um, it's going to be two ounces of bourbon whiskey then you're going to do a quarter ounce of honey syrup for me honey syrup at home is really easy to make so i'll use it in a lot of my cocktails i love that mm -hmm. it has an earthy huh. note to it as a sweetener i think it rounds out the bourbon well so to make the honey syrup at home you don't even have to use mm. a pan if you have a kettle what i do is i just take a coffee mug and you do equal parts of honey with hot water and then just stir the honey until it dilutes into the water. And that's your honey syrup. And you can use it in coffee or, or whatever. It's, it's really good as a replacement for any kind of sweetener in cocktails. And it adds that earthy note. I love how easy that is. Yeah. So you're going to do like a about a quarter ounce of that. And then I do two dashes of chocolate bitters. So you're really getting in these kind of deep flavors from the honey, the spices from the bourbon, and then some chocolate notes from the bitters. You stir that cocktail because it has no juices with ice, and then you just strain it into your glass over ice. And that, and then I also served it with a salted chocolate truffle. Mm -hmm. So just like a fun Valentine's Day the chocolate goes pairs really well with the bourbon, especially with the salt. It brings out all the flavor notes. So that's for if you want to do a more boost forward. It's interchangeable. You can change out the spirit for like an aged tequila or an aged rum. If you don't have access to chocolate bitters, you could just use regular um, aromatic bitters, which are the Angostura ones you can usually find anywhere. Now, the other cocktail that's really fun if you want a more citrus forward cocktail is going to be a cocktail called Strawberry Love. For this one, it's going to be a twist on a French 75 cocktail, which is gin, sugar, and sparkling wine or champagne and lemon juice. So that's the formula for that. So this is a bubbly cocktail that's super fun. So I use bourbon in this, but it would be really, really good with gin. So I would do one ounce of bourbon or gin, a half an ounce of lemon juice, a half an ounce of strawberry syrup, and then you're going to shake those ingredients up, strain them into like a coupe glass or a flute, and then top it with whatever kind of sparkling wine you edit, like the best, edit, edit. Kava, Prosecco. <laughs> and I garnish this with a fresh yes. strawberry. Now for the strawberry syrup, 
it's actually really easy for all my syrups with fruit. I do equal parts of water and sugar. So one cup water, one cup sugar, and I do um, about a half a cup of just chopped up strawberries. Okay. You put it on the heat when the sugar dissolves, take it off. I keep the strawberries in the liquid until it cools just so they'll infuse a little bit more strain out the strawberries and you have your strawberry syrup Mm, that sounds good yeah so essentially this is a french 75 with strawberry syrup um i again i use bourbon in this but gin would be really good in this and i did top it with a sparkling rosé wine just for the theme of valentine's day just to get more of that pink um going but any kind of sparkling wine would work so I wanted to share both those recipes to give you more of a booze forward one and then more of the citrus refreshing bubbly because I love uh, cocktails with uh, I'm so excited wine. that we have two cocktails to try. Now. Yeah. Oh, we're totally making both of <laughs> those for sure. We might not drink them at the same time, but <laughs> totally on, on different spectrums, and but I've... they're both really delicious. And Heather's on a bourbon oh, kick. I'm right always now. on a bourbon kick. I also love gin, so I was like, maybe I'd make <laughs> one love- with each. Yeah, try it out. Yeah. Yummy. Yeah. Thank you very much. The reason that I wanted to share these recipes is these recipes um, were some of the best recipes for Valentine's Day that I created last year. And I know they're really delicious and they're themed and that old fashioned is super fun served with the chocolate truffle. And I will say that if anybody is a rum fan, that a rum old fashioned with chocolate bitters and honey syrup is Mm. delicious. So Mm. many options. I would definitely use like an aged rum, but, um, yeah. There's so many good like aged rums. I am loving this. Thank you so much, Natalie. I've really yeah. enjoyed this conversation. I feel like I have learned of so much from you today. Totally. Holy moly. Totally. <laughs> I mean, there's so much we could talk like all day. I know. I know. That's how I am every time somebody's <laughs> like, what do you do? And I'm like, how much time uh, you got? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate y'all taking the time and putting my story out there. Absolutely. I think it's fantastic how you've you've grown your own business and taught yourself all these yeah. things and, and turned it around into this empire, right, that you're building. Yeah, it's, cool. it's really cool. Yeah, totally. Really cool. Can you yeah. tell our listeners where to find you? Yeah. So um, my handles on all the social media are at Beautiful Booths. So my biggest platform and the one I'm most active on is Instagram. You can come see me over there. And if you're interested in the book, like I said, it's around 125 recipes. They all have photos. And I believe the best place that to get the book is going to be Amazon. Okay. And is it called Beautiful Booze? Yes, it's called Beautiful Booze Stylish Cocktails to Make at Home. Nice. I feel like even <laughs> just to put on your coffee table to oh, go yeah. and look through these pictures. Yeah. yeah. And when you hear all that goes into making a book like this, you you really do appreciate. You yeah. don't want to just like slop on it on the counter. This is the kind of book where you want to you have one of those nice stands and you put it up while you're so you can reference the it's recipe. A display cookbook. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us here today, Natalie. Yes. Your story's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing with and, us. And we wish you all the best in whatever's coming up for you and beautiful booze. And, and we'll be watching. Yes. Thanks for having me. 
so cool to talk with Natalie. What an experience. Mm -hmm. Really fun. I was amazed at how she started doing this before really anybody was doing this on social media. Like, yes, you know how she told us she went looking for drink recipes when she wanted to make them for her friends. And she was like, none of these look good. Like, why don't they look good? Uh, The way food looks good. And I, I love how she just saw that opportunity and that there was a gap there. And then she started feeling it and yeah. kicking ass at it, like <laughs> doing it really well. I love listening to her talk about living out of a suitcase because I just, <laughs> oh, I love the nomadic life, not having yeah. <laughs> anything tie you down. And just, it is a great feeling. Oh, I could talk about that all day. <laughs> you kind of did. You, The two of you were- The two like, of us got off on a little Argentina. bit. Yeah, for yeah. quite a while. Yeah. Anyway, it was fun for us. So thank <laughs> you, Natalie, for, for chatting with us for quite a yes. while. Okay, let's talk about these drinks. Yes. So this old-fashioned Valentine that she's got with the bourbon, honey syrup, and chocolate bitters over ice. We're going to talk more about that on Friday with Sarah on Speakeasy. I mixed it up for the Speakeasy episode. It's super easy to make. And if you are a fan of an old-fashioned, as I am, a boozy bourbon drink, um, you're going to love it. I don't know if I tasted a difference with the chocolate bitters versus like an Angostura bitters, but I really enjoyed it. And so there, it could be, maybe I just need to make two. Oh, two different types of bitters and then test them out. Double fist it. (laughs) I think that sounds appropriate. And I love that this paired with a little truffle that you made. Yeah. That was delicious. I love that suggestion. It really does pair perfectly. Yeah. So if you're going to try it for Valentine's Day, I made like the simplest coconut milk and chocolate melted, let it kind of firm up in the fridge and then scoop it into little balls, put some sea salt on top perfect but if you just run out and buy some truffles serve it up with your drink with your to your valentine they're gonna love it Mm -hmm. and the second drink that she shared with us was the strawberry love oh yeah and i really liked this one it had gin lemon juice strawberry syrup and then we top that all up with a sparkling wine and we found a sparkling rosé and i think it was perfect yeah oh i loved this the strawberry syrup smelt amazing it wasn't too strong and with that lemon juice in there oh it was perfect yeah i'm gonna be making that again and it's so easy to make check out the reel we made a little syrup and then we mixed it and like and i had the syrup left i put the syrup with just some soda water the other day and it's just like it's so yummy put it in all your all your drinks but yeah. make this drink too because it's it's really delicious mm. Yeah, I liked this one a little bit more than the other one just because I prefer lighter. a lighter cocktail. I am You not... also like the bubbles. And I you. love the bubbles. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I often make cocktails without alcohol in them too. So making this with just the lemon juice, the syrup, and some bubbly water, like a fancy little drink. And if you don't want to have the booze in it, this is so good. I think we've talked before, you can get a non-alcoholic sparkling wine that would probably also be really delicious. We might need to revisit this at some point, but we briefly looked into non-alcoholic spirits. Yes. You can find them, like look them up. Natalie actually told us about some bars. In the US, cocktail lounges specifically making mocktails with no alcohol. It's like a real thing. There are spirits and they're non-alcoholic. They're specifically made to taste like the real thing without the alcohol. 
Awesome. Well, that was so much fun. I am so glad that uh, Natalie took a bunch of time to chat. A lot with of us. time. <laughs> she did. She really did. We Thank really you, appreciated that. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you over on the Speakeasy on Friday. Yeah. And everybody go follow Beautiful Booze. Go check it out. You'll learn yes. lots of cool cocktails and be inspired. You'll want to travel and drink. That's yeah. what she's going to inspire you to do. And try and take a picture of a cocktail next time you do. Oh my God. We challenge you. And then you know just how freaking amazing all that stuff is. Yeah, totally. And now for the fine print. Join us over on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, and on our website at threekitchenspodcast.com. And remember, when you like, follow, subscribe, and review, it helps more people find us. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, so I am a glassware hoarder, and antique stores are great for that.